0: What's up everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Stock Bros Podcast. My name is Tony and today we're going to talk about earning reports and I'm going to break them down like I'm explaining them to a fifth grader (laughs) and hopefully that's going to help everybody. I'm going to make it as simple as possible. But uh, first I wanted to say how incredibly excited and thankful I am and last week was incredible and I want to sincerely say thank you To all of you, so much for the support. I appreciate it. And this past week, my podcast and I were featured on the top financial website, Benzinga, and it was incredible. I can't believe it. I'm going to put the article in the video link description. And also, another amazing feat. I have to, I'm unbelievable. I'm just like blown away by this. I'm at a loss for words. I was actually ranked number 86 on the top investing podcast charts in the United States, which is incredible because there's tens of thousands of podcasts just dedicated to investing. And actually, we broke the top 250. I think we we're like one thirty-three in the top business podcasts in the US. So huge thank you, and it wouldn't be possible without all of you and without all your support. So I really appreciate it. I put the links to those articles in the video description below with my uh, link to my financial literacy and investing course and all my other links as well. But enough of that. I just wanted to say thank you and I appreciate it. Let's get into the topic for today and that is earning reports. So I'm going to talk about one of the most powerful tools you have at your disposal as an investor today. And as an investor today, one of the most important ways to determine whether or not you're making a good investment is to look at the earning reports. Now, with an earning report, you can find out how much a company is actually worth compared to their book value, and you're comparing their market value to their book value. And this would be all of their assets, their cash flow, and you're taking that and you're evaluating those to see if the share price is overvalued or undervalued. So, earning reports give you a detailed view into a company's income statements, their balance sheets, and their cash flow. So, in other words, it's just a snapshot into a company's sales, their expenses, and just their overall net income. So, there are two types of reports. That, are pub- that publicly traded companies are required by law by the SEC to release to us, the investors, and these two reports are the annual earning reports and the quarterly earning reports. So the quarterly earning reports are referred to as the 10Q form and the annual earning reports are referred to as the 10K form. So let's start with the quarterly earning reports because these are the ones that get the most hype. And these are released every three months These are performance of a company broken down into three month segments. So you'll see these referred to as Q1 earning reports or Q2 earning reports. This just means quarter. Every quarter we see financial analysts trying to predict a company's earnings. And they also set expectations as well. And we all hear about companies hitting or missing or beating these quarterly expectations. So the most common referred to metric on these reports is the EPS. And this is the earnings per share. Earnings per share is very simple. It's a company's total profits divided by the company's total shares available on the market. So one example that I would give is if a company has a profit of $100 and they have 50 total shares, So, the EPS would be $2 per share. So, this means that they're actually making a $2 profit per share. So, anytime you have a positive ETF, that's great. But the thing about a positive ETF is you need, or an EPS, is you wanna zoom out and look at the big picture. So, this is a good tool to use to quickly assess a company's revenue to their actual share price. But a negative EPS isn't always a bad thing either, unless the EPS is trending down every quarter or every year. So no company can continue to increase earnings or profits every single quarter forever. There will be ups, there will be downs, and it's more important to zoom out and look at the trends to see if a company has a history of positive revenue and let's see if they have a long history of EPS that's either positive or if it's negative, and is it trending up or is it trending down? So one example I would give is Tesla. From 2017 till today, they were were actually negative EPS for years, but even though they were negative, they were trending up. So they might've been negative a dollar, And then the next quarter, they're negative 80 cents. And then the next quarter, they're negative 50 cents. And then, you know, zoom or fast forward a year later, now they're positive 25 cents. So their EPS is positive 25 cents. So usually anytime a company beats their expected EPS, typically the share price will go up because people are trying to buy it. And if it actually underperforms the EPS, it might actually go down because people are selling it off. A lot of this is temporary and it's mostly noise. And the thing to remember is, instead of breaking down every single thing on an earnings report by quarter, it's not usually a good way to determine the value of a company. You're gonna wanna look at the annual reports. So I'm gonna talk about the key things that I look at on the annual reports And it's also important to remember that you could use Yahoo Finance, Zaxx.com, Seeking Alpha. There's many sources out there to find this information. And I'm going to give you some of the metrics I look at on these balance sheets for these reports. A lot of people get really scared or nervous when they're trying to break down these multiple page balance sheets. And it's really confusing. So I'm going to give you four metrics along with EPS. It would be five metrics that you can look at. And you don't even have to look at the balance sheet. You can simply Google these. We live in 2021, people. We're in a tech, tech-centric world. You can Google anything, use the tools at your exposure, and it's so simple. So let's start with the first thing, net revenue and cash flow, free cash flow. So net revenue is simply how much money the company profits after all of its expenses And the free cash flow is how much cash the company has after paying all of its business expenses. So one way to look at free cash flow is let's say that all of your living expenses cost $2,000 per month and your income is $3,000 per month. So you would actually have a positive $1,000 cash flow. Now, The thing that's great about this is if you have a a positive cash flow, you can use this money to help grow your company, you can use it for research and development, reinvest it back into the business to help make the business grow. If you have a negative cash flow, you're gonna have to take on debt, you're gonna have to take out loans, you're gonna have to use credit cards, whatever, to keep your business afloat. This isn't a good thing, and you're gonna be taking on debt which leads us into the second metric, which is debt ratio. The debt ratio is simply your liabilities divided by your assets. In general, it's a good thing to have a ratio of one to one or less. So for example, if all of your total assets are a hundred dollars and all of your total liabilities are a hundred dollars, you have a ratio of one. So, It's always a good thing if your ratio is one or less, but it's important to note that some industries may actually have higher debt ratios than other, and this actually may be acceptable in other sectors of the market. I know some of the pot stocks and the pot sector of the market, they do tend to have higher debt ratios, and this is pretty common throughout that industry. So that may not be a bad thing if this company has a high debt ratio, but it's also something to consider because it's all—it's harder for that company to get out of debt the more you have. It's just common sense, right? So this does hold true for all other metrics as well. When looking at metrics for all these companies, you have to keep in mind that you should probably compare them Per sector or compare that company to other sectors or to other companies in the same sector. So the next metric is PE ratio. The PE ratio is the price to earnings. Now what this means is this is the stock price divided by the earnings per share. A good rule of thumb is to look for companies with PE ratios of 20 or less. Now, it varies because I've seen experts say that anywhere from 10 to 30 is okay, too. A P.E. ratio of 10 would mean that a current market value of the company is equal to 10 times its annual earnings. So, in other words, if if you were to hypothetically buy 100% of all the company's shares, it would take you 10 years to earn back your initial investment on that company. So an example I like to give is Tesla's P.E. ratio right now is about a thousand. So if you bought every share of Tesla, it would take you a thousand years based on Tesla's yearly earnings to earn your initial investment back a thousand years. So what does this really mean? That sounds really high, right? Well, a high P.E. ratio can be a sign that a company is overvalued or that investors see very high growth potential. And this is the case with a lot of tech companies. They are typically higher because investors see higher growth potential. So it's always good to compare Tesla and others to their competitors to see what their P-E ratios are. And also compare Tesla to its own average P-E ratio. So a low P-E ratio could mean that a company is significantly undervalued or the investors see very little to no growth potential. So P.E. ratios, like I said, vary by sector. It's always best to compare the P.E. ratio of companies in the same sector or the same industry. Now, the last metric I'm going to give you is my favorite. And it's also, the one, in my opinion, the most important one. And this is the price to book value ratio or the PB ratio. And this is simply just comparing the stock market value to the actual book value of a company. This to me is one of the best indicators for seeing if a company is undervalued or overvalued. If you have a PE ratio of 10, this means that a company's share price is 10 times higher than a company's book value. So investors and analysts will say that A good PB ratio is 3 to 1, that's considered good or acceptable. And a ratio of 1 to 1 or less is great. So these are the five metrics that you should be looking at when you're analyzing an earnings report and a balance sheet. And hopefully that help clears up any confusion. The thing is as well that I made two videos in detail about more metrics you can look at called how to, research a, how to Research a Stock, Part 1 and Part 2. So you can check those videos or podcasts out as well. And those will be very helpful. So thank you so much for watching or listening. I appreciate it. Thank you for all the support. And also, I'm getting really close to 1,000 subscribers, which is amazing. Thank you so much. Please don't forget to subscribe if you found this video helpful. And I will be increasing the quality of all my content as time goes on. I'm trying to make it better and better and come up with better ways to explain things. I'm I'm buying new technology, investing in better cameras and equipment and microphones to make it better and better. So thank you all so much for the support. I appreciate it. Check out the links in the description below. And thank you so much. Until next time. Thank you.